Good morning, and welcome to Overeaters Anonymous, a Vision for You Big Book Study. My name is Elaine B., and I'm a recovered compulsive overeater from Massachusetts. Today is Wednesday, May 2nd, 2018. Today, we're reading from the big book in the chapter, How It Works. We're on page 58, reading the second and third paragraph, beginning with Our Stories Disclose and ending with Until We Let Go, Absolutely. Today's readers are... Sheil B. for the 12 Steps, Ashley P. for the 12 Traditions, Christine M., Carolyn C., Marie J., and Melanie C. is our newcomer greeter. The reference number for the 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting for yesterday, Tuesday, May 1st, is 11363. That's 11,363. Someone's unmuted, so if you could press star 1 to mute your phone, that would be so helpful. Thank you. The reference number for this morning's 7 a.m. Eastern Standard Time meeting for Wednesday, May 2nd, 2018 is 11366. That's 11,366. The OA Preamble. Overeaters Anonymous is a fellowship of individuals who, through shared experience, strength, and hope, are recovering from compulsive overeating. We welcome everyone who wants to stop eating compulsively. There are no dues or fees for members, and we're self-supporting through our own contributions, neither soliciting nor accepting outside donations. OA is not affiliated with any public or private organization, political movement, ideology, or religious doctrine. We take no position on outside issues. Our primary purpose is to abstain from compulsive eating and compulsive food behaviors and to carry the message of recovery through the 12 steps of OA to those who still suffer. Our sole purpose. OA's fifth tradition states each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the compulsive overeater who still suffers. At a Vision for You Big Book study, our message is that people who suffer from compulsive overeating can recover through abstinence and the practice of the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I will now ask Sheil B. to please read the 12 steps. Thank you. These are the 12 steps of Overeaters Anonymous. One, we admitted we were powerless over food, that our lives had become unmanageable. Two, came to believe that a power greater than ourselves could restore us to sanity. Three, made a decision to turn our will and our lives over to the care of God as we understood him. Four, made a searching and fearless moral inventory of ourselves. Five, admitted to God, to ourselves, and to another human being the exact nature of our wrongs. Six, were entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. Seven, humbly asked him to remove our shortcomings. Eight, made a list of all persons we had harmed and became willing to make amends to them all. Nine, made direct amends to such people wherever possible, except when to do so would injure them or others. Ten, continued to take personal inventory and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. Eleven, sought through prayer and meditation to improve our conscious contact with God as we understood Him, praying only for knowledge of his will for us and the power to carry that out. And 12, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to compulsive overeaters and to practice these principles in all of our affairs. Have a lovely day, everyone. Thank you. Thank you, Shilby.
And I will now ask Ashley P. to please read the 12 traditions. Hi, this is Ashley P. recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes, thank you. Great. Um, one, our common welfare, the 12 traditions, one, our common welfare should come first. Personal recovery depends upon AA unity. Two, for a group purpose, there is but one ultimate authority, a loving God as he may express himself in our group conscience. Our leaders are but trusted servants. They do not govern. Three, the only requirement for AA membership is a desire to stop drinking. Four, each group should be autonomous except in matters affecting other groups or AA as a whole. Five, each group has but one primary purpose, to carry its message to the alcoholic who still suffers. Six, an AA group ought never endorse, finance, or lend the AA, net, the AA name to any related facility or outside enterprise, lest problems of money, property, and prestige divert us from our primary purpose. Seven, every AA group ought to be fully self-supporting, declining outside contributions. Eight, Alcoholics Anonymous should remain forever non-professional, but our service centers may employ special workers. Nine, AA as such ought never be organized, but, may, but we may create service wards or committees directly responsible to those they serve. Ten, Alcoholics Anonymous has no opinion on outside issues, hence the AA name ought never be drawn into public controversy. Eleven, our public relations policy is based on attraction rather than promotion. We need always maintain personal anonymity at the level of press, radio, and films. Twelve, anonymity is the spiritual foundation of all our traditions, ever reminding us to place principles before personalities. Thank you very much, Ashley P. How our meeting works. Our meeting focuses on the directions for recovery described in the Big Book of Alcoholics Anonymous. We read a paragraph or two from the literature and stop and share on what was read. Anyone can share, but we ask that you keep your sharing to the topic and literature we're discussing and that you keep your share to approximately three minutes. Singleness of purpose reminds us to identify as compulsive overeaters only. Our abstinence requirement for moderators is one year and for readers is six months. There's no abstinence requirement for sharing on topic. This meeting does request that your sharing be directly linked to what was read. We're sharing what the directions in the big book mean to us. To share, press star 1 to unmute. Once you're done sharing, let us know by saying pass, then press star 1 to mute your phone. In order to have a quiet meeting, everyone's phone, except the speaker, should be muted. Today, we resume our study of the big book in the chapter, How It Works, page 58. We're reading the second and third paragraphs, beginning with Our Stories Disclosed, ending with Until We Let Go, Absolutely, and commenting on both. And I will now ask Christine M. to please begin reading. Yes, good morning, everyone. Uh, this is Christine M., gratefully recovered compulsive overeater in Missouri. Our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. If you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. With all the earnestness at our command, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. Some of us have tried to hold on to our old ideas, and the result was no until we let go absolutely. Okay, so I want to talk about um, where it says, and I missed this, this part for a long time. Um, if, 
if it's a condition, if you have decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. Um, you know, it took a long time for me to be willing to go to um, any length. You know, uh, I was, at first, I was picking and choosing what I wanted to do, um, putting, you know, uh, stipulations on my recovery. Well, if, you know, this happens, I'll stay abstinent until, you know, if such and such happens, then, you know, I'm just going to have to get back into the food. I'm just pretty much setting myself up and not willing to go to any lengths and trying to, um, trying to take these steps uh, before I was willing to go to any lengths. Uh, before I was willing to put the food down, um, never worked, of course. And um, I had to be out of ideas, out of options, um, not have any more tricks up my sleeve, and just be willing to go to any lengths, which means that I had to um, do some things, and still have to do some things that, you know, I don't always believe in um, at first. Um, do some things that are uncomfortable because, you know, that's growth and, and growth is painful sometimes. Um, but, you know, when I do those things and, um, you know, I got that gift of desperation and I was in enough pain where I was willing to do anything, where I was willing to um, put the same effort into, you know, recovery that I put into, you know, getting the food, um, hiding, sneaking the food, stealing the food, all those things when I, you know, God was able to turn that around into um into going to any lengths to to go about my recovery like like I did when I was using the food, um, you know, that's when things started to turn around for me. Um so you know, when I was willing to go to any lengths, then I was ready to take certain steps which are the 12 steps, and not a minute before. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Christine. Um, who would like to comment on these two paragraphs today? Jen A. Jen A. Stephanie N. Barbara Stephanie E. Stephanie N. Barbara E. Kelly Marie e. J. Oh, I heard, I think it was Kelly T. and Marie J. Yes. Yes. Anybody else? Dorita P. Dorita P. All right. Let's start with that. Jen A, Stephanie N, Barbara E, Kelly T, Marie J, and Dorita P. Please go ahead, Jen. You'll be followed by Stephanie N. Good morning. This is Jen A. Can I be heard? Yes, you can. Thank you, and thank you so much for your service. Thank you for everybody behind um, the scenes at Vision this morning. It really makes a difference in the recovery um, for me, and I'm forever grateful. Um, so when my experience when I first came into this program um, was that of temporary abstinence, right? I sat in meetings. Um, I thought I was doing great. I was just picking up coins, right? This was my temporary recovery. I was listening. I was thinking I was doing these steps. wasn't positive, but I was completing the assignments and doing the work. And then, um, then I relapsed, right? And then I was like, oh, my gosh, the bottom of the box fell out. Um, and I think what it was for me was picking up this big blue book. And I called it the blue book for the longest time because I couldn't say the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous, right? 
Um, and today I know it's the big book, but it's just, it's kind of a joke in my recovery, the, the blue book. Um, and how it works um, for me was the fifth chapter. Um, you see, I couldn't skip the first four chapters and just come into this place without a foundational, um, without a foundational um, understanding of my disease from the doctor's opinion, right? Um, and then the stories of the like-minded others, the people that were sharing their stories, um, that was huge. Um, and then there was a way out, a solution that others had recovered. And then a whole chapter about the truth, the whole truth and nothing but the truth about my disease, a place to, where I could admit that I was powerless and that my life was unmanageable. And then, aha, the spiritual solution, it was God or no God, what was my choice to be? And then we come to this amazing chapter about how it works. It's properly placed, right? Um, it's number five, not number one. And for me, like, I am such a shortcut for way. I want to know that I can just do whatever Jen wants and get amazing results. Um, that's not the case in this program. I had to follow this practical program of action step by step, have the spiritual awakening, and now stay um, in 10, 11, and 12 as a CIP, continuing, improving, and practicing this program. Um, and there's no other way that it works. And I'm here to say it because I tried it for 11 months and it didn't. So um, the next two pages, they, they blew my recovery away. Talk about being um, that fourth dimension and being rocketed. I mean, reading how it works in a meeting every day for four and a half months after you have hit rock bottom, I mean, I was just, it saved my life. I, did it, I, did, I didn't have vision at the time. I sat in open AA meetings and recovered with alcoholics in the big book of Alcoholics Anonymous. And that, that's what saved my life were, was this chapter. But I had to be, uh, thank you, I had to be desperate. There has to be a desperation of vomit on one side, um, wrappers of food on the other, before God is going to come in and, and, and totally transform me. And with that, I will pass. Thank you very much, Jenna. Stephanie N., you're up next, followed by Barbara E. Hi, this is Stephanie N., recovering Kansas. Um, a little, portion. it's a little difficult to hear you. Just to let you know, I'm sorry. Know if there's an adjustment you can make. Yeah, let me do that really fast. Sorry. Thank you so much. Uh-huh. Is that better? Much better. Thank you so much. Okay, sure. Yeah, no problem. Um, okay, this reminded me. Um, my sponsor asked me when I was first working with her, "How free do you want to be?" And so at first, that meant letting go of any alcoholic food, even the ones that were iffy that I thought, well, maybe maybe that's not so bad. Um, but she kept asking me and nudging me forward, how free do you want to be? How free do you want to be? And, and then with the work, you know, I had to do the work. I had to keep moving forward in my step work. And, um, you know, and I still, even though I'm through the steps, we still continued then to work on the traditions and then the principles and just continuing with the work, the daily work that I need to be doing um, beyond working with my sponsees. And, um, you know, and now it means doing my daily work. I have to do a daily 10th step, even when I'm tired, even when I don't feel like doing it. And I can tell when I am procrastinating 
and I'm finding other things, you know, that other load of laundry that needs to be done. And, you know, I can, there's always something that needs to be done, but I have to put this first. I have to put my spiritual recovery first. And so I have to do that. And I have to take time for prayer and meditation. Um, I do prayer and meditation three times a day because that's what I need to stay connected to God. And, um, and I'm willing to go to any length. And I've tried to do it less and it didn't work for me. And I have to reach out to other fellows every single day. I have to be working with other people. Um, And these are all the things. I'm willing to go to any length because I have tasted the freedom that it comes with recovery. I've tasted the freedom that comes in not having to be in the mental obsession and to being addicted to my alcoholic foods. I'm still addicted to them, but I'm not triggering the allergy. And it's amazing the difference in my life. I have never felt this <coughs> before, and I feel like I've just, um, you know, hit my stride in my life. I, I feel like I'm really living, and it's amazing. Um, and I'm willing to go to any length to keep this gift. And with that, I pass. Thank you so much. Thank you so much, Stephanie. And I'm so sorry to interrupt your share with my cough. Um, Barbara E., you're up next, followed by Kelly T. Thank you so much. It's a beautiful day here, and I'm so happy to be with you all. Uh, Wonderful shares so far. I don't know what I can contribute, but I can just tell you a little bit of my story in a general way. Uh, I have a PhD in dieting. I've gained and lost over 100 pounds nine times before. I always got thin. I was the kamikaze pilot of dieting, but I could never stay thin. I had 12 sizes in my closet, and I am here to tell you, thin is not well. Thin is just thin. Those bedevilments that are found on page 52 in our big book definitely describe to me uh, what I was like. I was prone to misery and depression. I felt I couldn't be of help to anyone. I was always angry, always irritable. I simply did not rely on God. I didn't even think God entered into the equation. I wanted to find a group of people who had successfully lost their weight and then figured out a way to keep it off. But I hadn't heard that there was a different way. There was a way to go to God to seek help. So step one was me admitting, yes, my life was unmanageable. I was wearing uh, washcloths wrapped around my legs because my thighs were so raw. Yes, I was in pain constantly. My knees hurt from carrying the bulk. But I wasn't willing to give up my control. So first of all, I had to say, yes, my life is unmanageable. Then I had to say, maybe there's a power outside myself. And then I had to say to myself, okay, there are two doors, Barbara E. One is the door to death and the other is the door to life. If you want to go through the door that leads to death, Stop now. But if you want to go through the door that leads to life, 
continue on, do the work, all the work, not some of the work. And yes, you like to balk, but say, yes, ma'am, not yes, but. I had to come to believe that I could do this. And then I had to ask God continually for his guidance. I asked God to take away my pride. And God said to me, no, it's not for me to take away your pride, but it's for you to give it up, Barbara. I asked God to give me happiness. Gentle reminder. Thank you. And he told me, no, I will give you blessings. Happiness is up to you. And happiness is what I found here with you, my fellows. I pass. Thank you. Thank you very much, Barbara E. Kelly T., followed by Marie J. Good morning. My name is Kelly T. from New York City. Um, thank you for your service. And, oh, my gosh, this whole chapter, like, I remember my first sponsor, she would have me read. Um, when I first came into the rooms, I was really shy and didn't have a voice. So she would have me read it aloud. And for me, I was terrified to do that. Um, and I read it aloud, these paragraphs, and I didn't understand what I was reading. I was so clouded by the food that I had no idea what, she, what it meant, you know, what I had to do. Like, I didn't know what it meant to really give everything up. Like, my way didn't work. I didn't understand that. And, um, and it, even when I was with my sixth sponsor, like, I was like, I was like, yeah, I'm willing to work the program, um, but I was still doing my will. I wasn't binging and purging anymore at that time, but I was still controlling what I ate. My mental obsession was still there. And it's not until I got to my seventh sponsor and I saw her recovery, how she worked the program, and vision, like she brought me to vision and working in this way, I understood what it meant. And I was ready. I wasn't ready before. That's how I went through seven sponsors. I wasn't ready. And of course, they let, let me go. Why waste your time with somebody who wasn't ready and hasn't hit that bottom? I had to really understand. I had to really put down the food in order to understand that half measures does not work. And the only solution is by following the steps, directions from the bit book. And with that, I pass. Thank you very much, Kelly T. Marie J., you're up next, followed by Dorita P. Thanks. Hi, this is Marie J. from uh, Colorado, recovered in Colorado. And um, if you've decided that you want what we have and are willing to go in to any length, that's such a powerful two-sided question. You know, what did I, what did you have that I wanted? Um, early on, all I wanted was the weight off. And there's nothing wrong with that. That was an early goal. And that's what got me into the program. And of course, I discovered there was so much more than just the weight loss. And even though the weight loss was really important to me, because I was a beast, and I couldn't walk without pain in every part of my body, and I was dying a slow death. But what I found out is when the food was down and the weight was off, I was able to see clearly how I am in my life. And after my fourth step, I saw clearly that emotionally and spiritually, I was just a mess. And I saw 
that my addiction to trying to control everything in my life and how I could make those that were closest to me miserable with my self-centeredness and my self-righteousness. And that's what this paragraph means, being willing to go to any length and being ready to take certain steps. You know, the food is only part of it. But I wasn't clear-headed to be able to see the rest until I got abstinent. And that's how I could become honest about who I am in relationship to others in my life. And it was really hard to accept my part in things when I was such a victim and everyone had done more harm to me than I had done. And that was the attitude. It took me a long time to learn humility. And the bottom line is that we take certain steps in order to the best of our ability after we become abstinent. And that includes eliminating our alcoholic foods, looking at food behaviors, and those food behaviors for me are about being willing to have a professional guiding me and being willing to weigh and measure my food because I'm a volume eater and that's what I need. And, you know, the final part of that is working toward and maintaining a healthy weight. You know, these are the things that I do in my abstinence. I have to do those three things to keep my head clear. And then we work these certain steps with a clear head and always staying surrendered because in my first three steps, I can't go on to do the hard work unless I am surrendered to higher power throughout this entire process. Because if I'm in charge, then I won't have any success in anything. So all of the abstinence has to come first. I have to have this willingness to go to any length and I have to be surrendered. And then I can do the hard work of examining myself and getting to some humility in my life to be responsible for my side of the street and keeping it clean. Thanks for letting me share. Thank you so much, Marie J. Dorita P., you're up next. Hi, can I be heard? Yes, you can. Oh, okay, thank you. Hi, my name is Dorita P. from Cleveland. I'm a recovered compulsive overeater. And I'm really grateful to be here. It's a privilege and honor to be at a meeting of Overeaters Anonymous. Everybody do not get this opportunity for whatever reason, so I'm really grateful I have a seat here. Yes, uh, I'm so grateful that we're going, you know, uh, through this chapter, how it works, uh, bit by bit. I didn't know, I didn't know if we go, we were going to read all the way up to the steps or how we, how we were going to read it. And I'm grateful we're breaking it down uh, uh, bit by bit. And um, yeah, um, so it's so much in uh, each paragraph. It's so much in one sentence. It's so much in each phrase. And it's a, sometimes it's a lot in just one word. Just to give you a quick example of the 12th step, you know, uh, having had a spiritual awakening as the result, a lot of people uh, go over it and say as a result. Well, it's not a result because if it's a result, it'd be maybe many results, but it's the result. So I'm just uh, really grateful for the big book and I'm grateful for how it works and I'm grateful that um, – you know, these are clear-cut directions, you know. Um, I can overcomplicate things. So this program has taught me to keep it simple. And it says our stories disclose in a general way what we used to be like, what happened, and what we are like now. And I love sharing, you know, what it used to be like, what happened, and what it's like now. You know, I love sharing what God has done for me. Those are, well, I have two favorite things to do in the program. And 
one is leading or speaking or sharing my story, and the other one is starting meetings. I've started about eight meetings, uh, I think, and I want to start two more uh, soon. So, uh, yeah, this program has saved my life. And, um, you know, sometimes I say I lost 100 pounds, but really I didn't do much of anything. I just followed directions. But, you know, so God took 100 pounds away from me. And he also took, you know, some, you know, a lot of the food away. You know, a lot of it wasn't a struggle. I've given up a few things uh, recently, and they weren't a struggle. I just let them go, and it, it was amazing. It was amazing. Um, you know, it was a NutraSweet, like Diet Pop or NutraSweet, and then um, it was cheese. And I love, I, I, I drank Diet Pop by the case. And I love cheese, and I'm lactose intolerant, so no cheese, and then no dairy. Um, and people are like, wow. But it wasn't hard. I mean, you know, God just took those things away from me. So I just want to say that for the newcomer, you know, just keep coming back, keep coming back. If you find just a percentage of what I found, you'd be doing good because my life is beyond my wildest dreams, and I'm happy, joyous, and free. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you so much. Thank you, Dorita P. So we're reading and commenting on two paragraphs and how it works. We're on page 58, reading the second and third paragraph, which begins with our stories disclose and ending with until we let go absolutely. Who would like to comment on those two paragraphs today? Lisa J.R. Lisa J.R. Eileen S. Ashley. Eileen S. Ashley Wendy P. M. Wendy M. Ginger C. Uh, Ginger C. and Greg, may I have the last initial? Greg B. Greg Greg B. B. Thank you. Oh, somebody L. I didn't get your first name. Sharice L. Uh, Sharice L. And we may have time for one more. Okay, let's see how we do with these. Lisa J. R. Um, Eileen. Oh, boy. Missed it. Uh, Ashley P, Wendy M, Greg B, Ginger C, and Sharif L, uh, F. All righty. Can I share at the end? Uh, who is that? This is Virginia. Can I share at the end of everyone if there's time? If Virginia, there's time. if there's time, absolutely. What's the first sure. initial of your last name? I. I. Okay, great. So Lisa Thanks. J.R. followed by Eileen. Please go ahead, Lisa. Good morning, everybody, and thanks for your service, everyone on the line. Um, this is Lisa Jr. recovered by God's grace for today. At some of these, we balked. We thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not. Um, you know, God gave me a picture of that. I had a, a little donkey that used to be the star of the nativity year after year at a church in the area, and he loved it. He ate up the attention when he got to the nativity. But as soon as he saw that, that trailer pull up to take him over there, he would dig his heels in. Um, so much so that you couldn't, you couldn't pull him uh, and push him from behind to get him going. He would lay down. He was so stubborn, he would lay down. Um, so it took four grown men to pick this little donkey up and put him in the trailer. And once he got there, he was fine. But boy, was he stubborn. And that was exactly how I was when I came into program. I wasn't going to 
pick up what you guys were laying down in the beginning. I had to be a little, little more beaten into a state of reasonableness. Um, I thought I was terminally unique. Well, you know, this isn't going to work for me. I know myself well enough to know that I don't need to do that, that I don't need to um, work it like that. But still, I heard something in your voices that I wanted. And so, um, you know, I wasted a lot of time trying to negotiate with this disease, a lot of time, precious time. Um, but even as far as I've sunk, I can help the newcomer that I encounter by saying, don't waste your time negotiating. You know, I can give him my story. So, you know, I've tried to hold, tried to hold on to those ideas, and I, I got uh, very little, um, little recovery. Um, Certain areas, yeah, I, I got some, I, I got a little bit of better emotional sobriety, but I didn't get sobriety from the food until I let go absolutely. And that was very difficult for me, but I knew that I had to do it because I, I languished. It was more miserable for me seeing a little glimpse of recovery and fighting it. Um, I was better off in the disease than I was seeing or experiencing a wee bit of recovery and listening to you guys every morning and still holding on to my stupid ideas. So, um, you know, no more, no more mulish behavior or, or, you know, donkey behavior for me. <laughs> I'm all in. And I thank you all for your service. Have a good day. Thank you, Lisa J.R. Eileen S, you're up next, followed by Ashley P. Yes, thank you. My name is Eileen S. I'm in Portland, Oregon. Thank you so much, and thank you, everyone, for all your shares. And I appreciate the humor and the seriousness of, this, of, of all of you in this disease. I especially appreciated the last story I heard. Um, okay, so we thought we could find an easier, softer way, but we could not, and I've tried. I've tried, and I didn't think it was the easier, softer way. I thought I was doing it. I've been in the program for a while, and I'm just recently new onto vision, and oh my God, it's a whole different world. And, and my old ideas, I, but I still have old ideas. I still have old ideas that I can still do it, or it wasn't that bad. That's one of my biggie. It wasn't that bad. I didn't have a, a, a large amount of weight to lose, but I had a large amount of weight to lose in my head and my belief that I can do it. And um, I can't do it. I can't do it. And um, so I'm newly abstinent in, um, in vision, and I have a sponsor, and I'm working the steps. And um, I just had to start over because I made a not good choice. And I had a lot of shame about it, but um, I'm just going on the meetings with you guys every day, and oh my God, it makes a huge difference to start my day out like this. And I also love how it says, we beg of you to be fearless and thorough from the very start. And I was fearless-ish and thorough-ish, and ish doesn't work, you know. Um, and I do have fear of, of, of really letting go of certain foods. I do, but they don't work for me. And my old ideas are, you know, like I, I, I want those foods. I like those foods. So I get to have those foods and they're not the, you know, they're not the biggie biggies. They're the, they're the middle, the middle of the ground, but they still aren't good foods for me. They still just aren't good foods for me. So I have to hold on to my old ideas 
of what I know and what I think is the right food for me to eat. There are certain things I know are right for me to eat, and there's certain things that are not right for me to eat. And and my sponsor told me as I worked the steps that it will become clear as I work them what God wants me to eat. And so um, I'm going to practice being fearless and thorough to the best of my ability and then beyond that, hopefully. And I really want to be thorough, but I do have some fear inside. I have to say that. Um, And I can feel it. It's not big. It's like subtle, you know, those subtle voices way behind there. It's like, oh, I'm totally willing. I'm totally willing. And then there's that little eh, eh. And I feel that in the back of my head a little bit. And my sponsor said, you, know, you have to be nine, you have to be a hundred percent, 99% doesn't work. And um, yeah, the, if I hold on to any of my old ideas that my result is nil and I got proven that was proven to me the other day. So, um, but you know, Thank I sound kind of, bleh. Thank you. Uh, I'm just very grateful to be with all of you. Thank you so much for your service, everyone, and for being here on the phone every day. It makes a huge difference for me. And with that, I'll pass. Thank you. Thank you, Eileen S. Ashley P., you're up next, followed by Wendy M. Hi, this is Ashley P., recovered in Northern California. Can I be heard? Yes. Awesome. All right, let me just start my timer. Um, yeah, so I'm I'm really grateful for the share today. I'm really grateful for these paragraphs and um, welcome to the newcomers. Uh, the, so the first uh, the, the first thing that I'm drawn to is uh, if you decided you want what we have and are willing to go to any length to get it, then you are ready to take certain steps. Um, so. When I read that, I'm reminded that I, you know, when I came in and consistently throughout this program, um, I asked myself the question: Am I am I willing to go to to any lengths? What am I what am I willing to do? And and I, uh, I'm, I'm reminded that to that I'm I'm asked to to do the steps, and it's it's through the steps that I. I find that that willingness and that um, I I find that things are are able to be let go of um, because I've tried a lot of other ways to let go of food to let go of character defects and you know they'll help a little bit therapy helps a little uh, and it's a helpful adjunct today but I I need the steps for for any other um, thing in my life to work. And when I first came into the rooms that, you know, the willing to go to any lengths was being willing to give up certain foods. And then um, uh, as I was getting uh, more into program and further into my abstinence, um, willing to go to any lengths meant also uh, giving up my my weight to my higher power and um, letting go of the control that I had had over my weight for years. I mean, really, since I was seven years old. And today, it's my character defects. It's my it's it's my perfectionism and my my victimization and and my self seeking. And so I'm reminded of of steps six and seven. Um, in these paragraphs uh, because those are the steps where I 
I turn those character defects over to my higher power um, and ask, ask God to remove them, but then I have to behave differently. I have to go to any lengths and actually behave differently, and that can be really, really uncomfortable, and it's been uncomfortable today, but um, I thank God for this program um, because it it tells me what to do, right? I can I can do a 10-step, ten, a ten I nightly inventories and get out of my head and, and get into service. Um, so those are the, the any links today. And um, just to the newcomers, you can, you can do this. Just um, get with a sponsor and uh, get with a sponsor and, and work the steps. And these miracles happen. Um, thanks, and I pass. Have a great day, everybody. Thank you so much. So we have five people on the list, and we have about nine minutes left. So um, um, Wendy M., you're up next, followed by Greg B. Uh, yes, good morning. It's Wendy M., recovered in Colorado. Elaine, thank you for your service and everybody on the line. And um, I thank God for my abstinence this morning. Um, so a lot of things speak to me here, but the um, – the thing I first want to say is I was in the What Can I Get Away With program for the first 15 years in OA, and I was in the What Can I Get Away With life for my entire life before I got to vision for you. Um, you know, and so for 15 years in, you know, in OA, it's, you know, what foods can I eat and still and, and get away with and still be abstinent, right? What behaviors can I get away with and still be considered a nice person? Um, you know, I laugh when I say that. It's hilarious. Um, so what can I get away with? So that's where I was. So I was straddling both worlds, right? I was a teeny bit in God's world and a lot in my world, a lot in um, in my world. And, you know, I wanted the easier, softer way. And that's true when I was first in, in OA for 15 years, but also just in my life. I wanted the easier, softer way in life, right? Um, I was willing to go to any length to feel good, right? I'm addicted to feeling good. Um, and I needed wiggle room, right, because I needed to still be in charge. And so what happened to me when I got to vision for you is somebody said, are you willing to go to any length, and how free do you want to be? And this is a yes, ma'am program. And what freedom I got when someone said, this is a yes, ma'am program. You will do what the directions in the big book say, and you will take direction from sponsors and other recovered folks. What Freedom. Do you know how exhausting it is to be in the food? It is so much more freeing to be entirely abstinent. It is not hard at all. Um, but this idea of letting go absolutely, you know, it, and going to any length. And I have to say, too, I say this a lot, but the more I do, the more I do. In other words, the more I pray, the more I get on my knees every morning, the more I listen on the line, the more I write my 10 steps and call you, the more I'm willing to do that, the more I'm likely to do that. The less I do those things, the less I'm going to do them. It's so easy to let it slide, you know. And so how free do I want to be? I want to be really free. So when I do that, when I, when I write my 10 steps this morning and I get real and I get honest about what I'm doing, the games I'm playing, right, my game right now is I'm a victim. That's been working for, you know, 55 years. Guess what? It's not working anymore. It's not making me feel free at all. If anything, I'm just in bondage to myself and to other people, right? So my game is I see a sick person, I run to them and say, how can I join in? And then I get to be a victim because you're a sick person. Like, this is a game, people. This is what I'm, this is the freedom 
is in my mind. My mind is changing. I am seeing my behavior in a way that I get to jump out and not behave that way anymore. You know, I pick up the food. I pick up victimhood. I pick up binging uh, resentments on you. I'll pick up, you know, jealousy. I'll pick up, uh, you know, all of it. It's just like the popcorn. It's just like the, you know, anything else that I picked up before. And guess what? Mental reminder that I'm doing that, and I get freedom today because my mind is changing. Thank you, God, and I, and I pass. Thank you. Thank you so much. We may not have time for Virginia I and possibly Sarit L. Greg B., you're up next, followed by Ginger C. Good morning. This is Greg B. in San Jose, Silicon Valley, California. Can you hear me? Yes, I can. Thank you. Can you hear me? Okay, good. Thank you. Good morning, everybody, visionaries, and uh, welcome to the newcomer. Uh, if you're struggling, if you're suffering, please keep coming, keep trying, don't leave. And there, there are miracles everywhere around us. So when I think about when I read uh, Chapter 5, I came into AA 35 years ago, and those words are harsh, you know. We are, I, I believe we are all naturally incapable of grasping and developing a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. But there is a power greater than ourselves that will enable us to grasp and develop a manner of living which demands rigorous honesty. Because naturally speaking, when I open my lips, I'm lying about something. Uh, I can be. Um, but I'm also honest, too, on both things. Um, the problem is, my mantra lately, uh, business-wise, has been be a producer rather than a consumer. Like I watch a lot of YouTube videos. I can I, I know how to fix refrigerators. I know how to eat perfectly and how to run, you know, 50 miles. I know how to do all this stuff. Watching a YouTube video or a how-to book in, back in the day, you know, the problem is that's all in my mind. You know, I, I have all this knowledge, but this knowledge does nothing. It's action. My chance is less than average if I just consume stuff, especially food, mass, mass quantities of food in my, in my case, and certain substances. So I have to measure my food and I have to measure my behavior because if I'm producing things in life, like helping other people recover, uh, like being help of service uh, to my spiritual community, like being of service, uh, letting a guy in in front of me when I'm on the highway or letting somebody in line... Uh, uh, with you know, who's got three kids with them at the, at the supermarket store. And these are just fake examples because I'm not going to tell you what I do because that's ego. Um, you know, that's producing and, and contributing to life. You see, later in the big book it says, more and more we became more concerned with other people. That is a switch. Because all I could think about when I walked in the rooms, and I think about walking in the rooms when I read this, you know, step zero, our stories is close to general. If you've decided what we want, what we have, and I'm willing to go to any link to get it. But the decision is, yeah, we walked in the room, so in a way we've already decided we want that. We're not here by mistake. And willing to go to any link to get it, that's a, that's a big decision. Um, action, action, action. Produce stuff. Do stuff in your life. It's action. It's not talking. It's not parroting back all the great things I hear in vision for you. And I hear great things. But being a parrot is being a parrot. It's a talker. i got to do stuff. And what I'm going to do today is I'm going to continue to read the big book. I'm going to make outreach calls to other people. I'm going to, in my case, wait and measure my food. And I'm going to try to be a lot nicer person to my pa- my, my parents, my wife and my daughter. And with that, I will pass. And uh, bless you all. Every trudge. Thank you very much, Greg B. 
And Ginger C., you will be our last year today. Um, thanks for being there, Surat, uh, Sarit and Virginia. I'm sorry we won't be able to have time to hear from you today. Ginger C., please go ahead. Hi, Elaine. Good morning. Can you hear me? Yes, thank you. Oh, great. I'd actually like to pass this to Sarit. Oh, you're very kind and generous, um, Ginger. Thank you so much. Sarit L., please go ahead. Thank you, Ginger. Thank you. It's Sarit L. from Montreal, and um, I just wanted to share. I'll share quickly so maybe Regina can get a chance also. The line in the big book says, uh, there's a line in the big book that says, the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And that's exactly what, I mean, a lot of the shares have been focusing on, on the action. And and step six and seven are exactly that. It's living in the action, the opposite of what our typical habitual behavior has been, to live in the opposite. And where it's firstly a forced behavior, um, it then becomes more natural as we continue to practice living in, in, in the opposite. And, and that's where God changes us. I do believe God changes us. I'm not the one who changes me, but I do have to dig with my own shovel and, um, and then God will change me. Um, that's the one thing I wanted to share. And the other one is that going to any length to, to recover. Um, for me, I've been in these rooms for 10 years and struggling. And finally, um, I feel like for me, I, I had the mental obsession again and again and again. And the t this time around, I was just willing, desperate and then willing to sit through the mental obsession, to, to, to pick up every tool as I was working the steps and to not pick up the food, to go to any lengths to keep on going forward and trudging this road to happy destiny. And what I can say is that it is a happy destiny. My life is not perfect today. It has ups in it and it has downs in it every single day. When you've got three kids and a husband and work, there is not one day that you don't have one crying kid or one messy, dirty diaper in, in, in every respect. And that's just, thank God, like my dishonesty is that life will be perfect. Life should be convenient. Life should be pain-free for Sarit L. Life should be easy. And that's the lie I tell myself. And I continue to practice these steps to go to any length in all my affairs in my marriage, in my momhood, in my job, to be the best me in, in all those areas. And um, that's the change for today, is going to any length. Thank God for the willingness. And thank you, Ginger C. Thank you for your service, Elaine. With that, I pass. Thank you very much, Sarit L. And I'm afraid it is time to transition now to um, the reading on the in the big book, page 164. But first, I want to thank everyone who has shared. And Virginia, we hope we get to hear from you very soon. And so we will now transition by the reading um, with a reading from the big book. And will Carolyn C. please read A Vision for You? Thanks, Elaine. This is Carolyn in Colorado. Our book is meant to be suggestive only. We realize we know only a little. God will constantly disclose more to you and to us. Ask him in your morning meditation what you can do each day for the man who is still sick. The answers will come if your own house is in order. 
but obviously you cannot transmit something you haven't got. See to it that your relationship with him is right, and great events will come to pass for you and countless others. This is the great fact for us. Abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then.